Welcome to YA Book Jam, the monthly book club dedicated to YA books with me, Arden Jones, me, JL Bleakley, and me, Shelley Mack. Each month, we select a recent YA title to read and discuss, and this month, it's my choice, which is Six Times We Almost Kissed and One Time We Did by Tess Sharp. It was published by Hodder Children's Books in February 2023. So let's get into what this book's about. So six fun facts about Penny and Tate. One, they've known each other their whole lives. Two, their mums are best friends. Three, they are definitely not friends. Four, they keep almost kissing. Five, they don't talk about it. And six, thanks to their mums, they're moving in together. But when an almost kiss goes from almost to... I am now wearing your lip gloss. Penny and Tate have no choice but to finally face some music, right? So, so far on YA Book Jam, we've covered horror, fantasy and a murder mystery thriller. So I thought I'd start the year on a light-hearted book. So it was a romance for me, a will-they-won't-they romance, or so we think. I chose Six Times You Almost Kiss because I'm a huge fan of Tess Sharp. One of my favourite YA books um, like I've ever read is The Girls I've Been. So... If you listen to us on our last podcast, you'll have heard that it's currently being adapted into a Netflix series starring the brilliant Millie Bobby Brown. And I'm massively, massively excited about this. So this time I wanted something less heavy with um, no dead sisters, as we spoke about. (laughs) Oh, no shame, right? (laughs) But and I love a good romance novel. So I love a bit of escapism. So I just wanted something a bit different this time. For our first question, what were your first thoughts when I said, come on, girls, it's romance time. And also, if you'd seen this book in like out there in your local indie bookshop, would you have been intrigued? Well, it's interesting because before you announced that you wanted to do this book, I had seen this book several times when I'd been in Waterstones and shopping about. And I picked it up because of the covers. It actually quite striking cover. Like it, it does stand out in the crowd. And I was intrigued by the, the cover itself. And then I read the back and I thought, oh, that sounds quite good. So I kind of earmarked it for a potential book to read this year. So that's great. Started off my year with a book that I'd already been looking at. But what I will say is I find it interesting what you've said about starting the year on a light-hearted book (laughs) we'll go more into this but I don't I wouldn't describe this as a light-hearted book but I would say when I looked at the back of the cover I thought it you know was going to be your typical will they won't they romance however that was not what we got um but that just made it all the more intriguing I think so yeah I would have picked it up because I was thinking of doing it anyway Um, and my first thoughts going in was yeah, it was going to be like a typical sort of romance book. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say at the moment. <laughs> well, I've, I feel like the tables have been turned this month because just like you both <laughs> with fantasy, I'm not really a romance reader. I do like the books that I read to have an element of romance in them, but not for it to be the main plot. So I don't even walk through the romance section at bookstores. So I hadn't seen this book yet. So going into this, I was a little bit like, okay, well, I made them read Greek mythology. So this is what I get. (laughs) But I will say that, you know, I've said before on this podcast, I do like being pushed out my reading comfort zone. So I went into it with an open mind. Amazing. Yes. I, it's funny that you've kind of, we we all, and I think we've said it before, like we all have such different tastes, but yes, I wouldn't, 
I thought this was romance and we'll get into it like Shelley mentioned earlier we'll get into that a bit later on but yeah there's a lot more to it than romance so I think mm-hmm. if there was a section for YA romance in Waterstones or in any other bookshop pretty sure this would not be in that section <laughs> um, because of the other things that it deals with. I literally went into this thinking okay it's going to be a romance novel had no idea about what might happen so there was a lot of other stuff to it we'll get into the characters so six times we almost kissed it's it's written in a a dual point of view Mm -hmm. um both in first person so we've got penny she is like a proactive planner and tate is like like super spontaneous and just handles situations when they arise like penny's there with their notebook and they're both completely different characters so despite all their differences they are very deeply and very secretly in love with each other. So I'd be really interested to on how you both initially perceived Penny and Tate and like when you was reading the chapters, how easy you felt it was to like differentiate between both of their points of view. I didn't I didn't mind the dual point of view. I've read a few stories that I've loved with two points of view. Off the top of my head, Alexandra Christos, To Kill a Kingdom and Princess of Souls are some of my favourites. And I'm actually attempting to write a dual point of view story at the moment. So I was, this did not put me off at all. Like I was up for the, for both of their points of view. I didn't have a problem differentiating between the two of them because like you said, they are really different characters. They're really different personalities. I will say that I connected much more to Tate And I connected to her very early on in the book and I just didn't connect in quite the same way to Penny. And I really wish I could put my, it feels like a lame thing to say without the reason why. And I wish I could put my finger on it. I've been thinking about it loads, knowing that we were going to talk about this, but I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know if Tate reminded me more of myself or what, but I just found a really quick and kind of deep connection with with Tate early on. Yeah, I think looking at both the characters, I love a dual pov. I think we know we already know that anyway. And I, unlike you, Jess, I actually really do love romance books, but I don't read enough of them. I think I sort of bored myself silly in my younger years with romance books, but I quite I really like this one because it's just got that different spin on it. Penny and Tate. I'm the same as you, Jess, in the sense that I didn't particularly warm to Penny not really at all throughout not much I felt I sympathized with her and you know some of the chapters that were so harrowing in the book I really like I actually cried and stuff because of what she'd went through Mm -hmm. but I just felt as if she never really opened herself up enough in the story that I actually was able to warm to her whereas Tate straight away she was like kind of my favorite character I really loved her and I loved she was quite selfless and I think that's what I loved most about her and I thought that was pretty evident from the beginning chapters that she was like that mm. and yeah it just showed even more throughout the, the story so yeah I, that's just sort of my kind of perception sort of at the beginning but also kind of throughout the story as well. Yeah I totally agree with both of you actually um, on all things so I I also love like a dual point of view and I think like we mentioned it before mm. it's it's really like gets you into their characters like what makes them tick learning all their flaws and everything and and I was really glad that it was in two points of view I did think to be honest there were some times when I kind of lost where I was and I had to just reread who whose character I was reading so I didn't totally feel the same as you both in that sense I was like okay where am I now because it as as it moved on, I felt there was like some similarities between them, even though their personalities are so different. I think it's just like the way they are, the way they feel about each other. And I think that's probably where I got a little bit confused. I was like, okay, who am I reading now? But 
yes, I also really felt like Tate was my favourite character. And I, I'm wondering with Penny, I, I thought about it a lot as well. And I think it's, she. I thought she was a really good character. I, I did like her, but I, I warmed to Tate more. And I think it's because Tate was more open and Penny was just more closed off because of what's, what had happened to her, which mm. we was like learning more and more throughout the book. Um, I mean, we always... Like we knew from quite early on about what happened with her dad, but I don't think we knew like the full mm. extent of that and the relationships that had been affected by that. So as I think the story went on, I did warm to her a lot more. But yeah, I, I did find that at, at points they was very similar. And I think it was that that battle with, with themselves about not being able to tell each other how they feel. And I think I was just like, okay. Right, I might I might be on Penny. Oh no, I might be on Tate. So just rereading that, but yeah, it's really interesting that we kind of feel quite similar in in that sense. Yeah. So as we're going through, every now and then we're like taken back to the past, the near kisses and and the accident with her dad. And sometimes I did have to go back and check where I was as well because it does flip back to the past. Yeah. And and I did think Tess did that really well, but I'm also quite a fast reader. And because I have ADHD, I think I lose sort of focus a bit. So then I have to also go back and check. Mm. But I really liked this style of writing. And I really liked the fact that we was taken back and we was like absorbed in those journeys. It wasn't just like a memory. We was there with them. Yeah. But these near kisses. So like there was a couple of times I just really wanted to like scream at them. I was getting really frustrated their lack of taking opportunity and just giving each other a kiss it was just like I know that the title is like six times we almost kissed but I was just mm. by by the sixth time I was just having a bit of a scream inside um <laughs> so and then there's a huge section of the book and it's all about Wairika and mm. and they do not talk about what happened in, in Wairika it's like not mentioned it's this rule that they have between them and when we finally learned what happened in Wairika I was a I I don't know why I'm, I'm really interested in how it felt for you but for me it fell a little flat mm. I wanted there to be more I did really feel for Penny about what happened with so with her she had a girlfriend at the time and she found out that her girlfriend had cheated and it was a really really hard time but I felt like there would be more to this and I was slightly let down about it like they'd been through so much that had like a few near kisses already and then they sleep in the same bed in the hotel room they wrap them they wake up all wrapped up in each other's arms and it's so they're just so there and they just don't kiss they don't do anything and I I was just getting like my heart was just beating so fast because I just really wanted it to happen yeah so for me I was a bit like oh, this is where it something a little bit more should have happened even just maybe a bit closer but it didn't happen so I kind of lost interest probably is it was that like but there was probably a few more kisses before then but as that was back in the past so that might have been a really early kiss but I kind of lost track of what number kiss that was I don't know if you if you girls noticed it yeah so I'm really interested in how you both felt about there six times of nearly kissing and did you feel infuriated like me or was it too slow of a burn for you so I'm going to be really honest here that's what we do we have to be honest my big hurdle for this book and I think I honestly think if this wasn't the case anyway I'll <laughs> my big hurdle for the book anyway was the title it gave the whole love story yes. away and there was no hook for me as, as far as the will they won't they because from the moment I picked up the book and looked at it I knew that they would so that I just felt like 
I wish I didn't know about the seventh kiss and I wish I didn't know it was coming and every kiss leading up to it. Well, if I hadn't known it was coming, then every kiss leading up to it, I would have been thinking, oh, is this the one? Are they going to kiss right now? But all that angst and tension was kind of taken away from me because of the title. Mm. So instead, I was kind of like, all right, well, we're just on number three or number five. Now, okay, we've still got this many more to go. So don't get excited kind of thing. So I felt like had the title been different, it would have been completely different. And I would have been a lot more like you on the edge of my seat and like, what are you doing? And just do it. But because I already knew they weren't going to, I was just kind of like, all right, let's just get through this bit. So I, I yeah, I just, I just think I would have been a lot more invested in their romance if that teasing intention wasn't taken away. And I'm with you, Arden. I thought Wairika was a disappointment after it had been built up to be this big event that they refused to talk about. It was like the Voldemort of events, like the <laughs> event that shall not be named. I just thought that something really harrowing would have happened there or something really, like, I get that it's like emotional when you find out your partner's cheated on you, but still like, that's in every story. Do you know what I mean? Like every YA story almost like you have that. I just, I was expecting something more and something bigger than just that. Like maybe one of them got drunk and said, I love you or something to like, we're never talking about this again, or just like something else that made it like, we never talk about this. And I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting a huge moment because they talk about it and they, they kind of tease it throughout the whole book. So I was like, okay, this is going to be massive when it actually comes. And, and you're right. It just all kind of fell flat. And I think, Maybe because of the title, the whole love story kind of fell flat for me because I, yeah, I just didn't feel that. But I will say, because that all sounds very negative, but I will say that all the other elements of this story were, and all the other tensions in this story were very compelling and they were very emotional and they were very well written. And it's those plot points that kept me invested in the story and kept me turning the pages because I wanted to know what was going to happen so because of that and it's almost annoys me that it's such a small tweak but I just feel like if it just been a different title I would have gotten so much more out of it yeah 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 well I'll, I'll add what I was about to say after we've heard, heard from <laughs> Shelley sorry Shelley not at all um so I think for me the title didn't bother me like I feel yes it did sort of tell you what was going to happen and all the rest of it but with romance books there's always that element of predictability like you know you're reading a book about two people that are going to fall in love somehow and I sort of equated this to there's a film that I used to love as a kid growing up called The Cutting Edge and it's the absolute pinnacle of will they won't they and they finally get together at the end and you know it's you, you, I just love all the tension. So I'm kind of different again. I didn't mind all the almost kisses because for me it was leading up to that moment when it was just going to get so good. And then you finally see them coming together. And I think with, I think it was really good with like Penny and Tate, like all we've mentioned, there's been several times in the books where they've been in close vicinity, they've maybe fell asleep and their bodies seem to know what they want to do without their minds being involved. And it's like that classic sort of, you know, your heart over your head. So when they were like in their sort of sleep state, their, their their heart was taken over, you know, but then when they've got the mind to control that, that was causing all that tension uh, throughout the course of the book. So I didn't mind it. I, do, I did get a little bit lost at times, I will say that, with what kiss was where and where am I now again in the story. So for that, for me, it was a wee bit confusing at times. But generally, I was all about that the tension and I loved it. So I'm, I'm good with that. And in terms of the the Wairika storyline as well, like I 
like the 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 point in where Tate meets up with Laurel in the when she's come out finished from her swim, and they have a conversation. Like I even that built the tension for why Vika even at that point you didn't know that you know it was about Laurel at that point. But again, when it happened, I was like, oh, I thought definitely thought there was going to be a lot more, maybe a lot more people involved, a lot more things involved in that. So yeah, it was a bit of a letdown. I totally agree. But, you know, at the same time, the tension was built to that point. So I was still like, oh, I wonder what's happened. I wonder what's happened. So I don't know. Overall, I'm, I'm a fan of the tension and I liked it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yes, I, I also love a bit of tension. And to be fair, I didn't totally think that the title would be meant in a, such a linear way. Like, I was hoping there'd be like a kiss that might have happened in between and then they didn't, rather than being six times that they don't and then they do. I was kind of hoping that and one time they did could have been weaved in between one of those six times and was kind of hoping like something with Wairika that might have happened then but but that didn't and yeah so I I totally agree I think and it's really interesting that we we all felt like that about that what happened in Wairika because yeah I'm glad it's not just me in in a sense because I didn't want to be the only one going oh I didn't like what like one of the main not didn't like but was a, a bit disappointed one of the main sort of aspects of the book or what was really building up to that point but yeah so just in in general when we're talking about sort of types of different romance tropes I so it sounds to me that you you both quite like a will they won't they um but I also felt like this kind of could have been classed as like an enemies to lovers because they both didn't like each other they wasn't friends but they was in love even though there was not any obvious why they are enemies mm-hmm. so yeah, for me, I, I like, I love those tropes. I do because, and I think maybe it is the predictability. You know, it's all going to work out in the end. But yeah, so just your thoughts on those types of romance tropes or what is your favourite type of romance trope? Or tro- if you're not a romance fan, like like Jess, is there <laughs> any romance subplots that you might like? Yeah, so this book pretty much nailed my two favourite tropes, Enemies to Lovers and Slow Burn. I don't like reading a book where the couple get together halfway through and I get bored thinking, well, how's the rest of the book going to keep me interested? Especially in a, a romance book particularly. I mean, let's look at Pride and Prejudice, for example, my all-time favourite book. The absolute best enemies to love or slow burn romance there is. So for me, I was like, I knew obviously that that was coming. The title, yes, obviously, I think it really alludes to that as well. I will just say, uh, regarding the title, I was not a fan of the title because any time I had to say it, I had to say this big, gigantic one title and I kept forgetting what it was actually called. So I just started calling it the Six Times book. But yeah, I, I that aside, that was just a wee side note. Uh, I was pretty pleased with the genre here and the tropes. Yeah, absolutely. So I love an enemies to lovers trope. As I said, like I don't read what would be classed in the genre of like romance novels but I do like there to be romance in the books I read so there's plenty of romance tropes that I love and that is definitely up there I mean I'm a fantasy fan and it's a staple in that genre (laughs) is the whole enemies to lovers trope and I just there's so much angst so much tension you know I love heartbreaking romances so it's all there and it's also a really fun trope I think you can have a lot of fun writing an enemies to lovers romance and I think There's also lessons you can learn from it as well. You often dislike a person because you don't know the whole story behind why they are the way they are. So you learn not to be so quick to judge. You learn to challenge your own preconceived ideas. And a lot of the time in this trope, one character has 
everything that they believe gets completely turned on its head. Like that's a really common thing that sort of goes along with this trope. And I just, I think it challenges us as readers just to hold back our judgment and to be a little bit more open-minded. And because of that, I think not only is that a really fun trope to read, but it's a really powerful and important one as well. But I think what this book highlighted really, really well was how easy it is to become so consumed with our own problems that we don't consider what other people are going through. We see it with Penny's mom, with Tate's mom. We see it with Penny's grandmother. We see it with Penny and Tate. And it's so interesting how each one of those characters handles it differently and what effect their individual reactions have on all the people around them. Like I found that fascinating reading that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also found that there was just so much so much to the story that was more than their relationship um and but how their actions and how they are with their parents has such a big impact on everybody around them and i i loved i loved everything else that was happening in the book as well but yes like with with tropes i would say oh enemies to lovers is probably one of my favorite in romance and so like i'm trying to think of a romance actually just a romance novel that i've read recently was book lovers and that had like an enemies to lovers trope in there and yeah I I really I just really love it and exactly like what you said Jess you just you learn so much more about a character and that you that what makes them tick why are they acting like this and the turn of the events that you don't like them but then you just fall in love with them when you're reading it's just something I think that's really special and if you can write that I think it's amazing and hats off to you I've never wrote an enemies to lovers trope but I would love to try it one day it's, it's they are brilliant and fun yeah me too, yeah definitely. yeah so you just touched there on the relationships with with the mums in the book mm-hmm. so We'll talk about Penny and her relationship with her mum because it's a huge part of the story. The tension between them is just so intense that the impact, the emotional impact is like, it's heart-wrenching. It's really hard to read. It's really hard hitting, but yet was probably like my favourite, my favourite part of the story. Like, so since Penny's father died in the accident, her mother has become like severely emotionally detached to Penny. If anything, like blaming her for for the death or, you know, just becoming the relationship is so fractured and just and really hard to read at times. So I really loved that the character arc of Penny, who when she just started standing up for herself and just realizing that her needs are just like are important and to stand up to her mum who stopped her from going to like counselling because she just didn't believe in what the counsellor had said but because her mum was so scared of losing Penny so I loved this dynamic between them both and it was really hard at one point it made me cry and it was a hard read it wasn't this this escapism book that I was expecting so how did the relationship between Penny and her mum make you both feel? It was really difficult to read, especially as a mother as well. And you're right, Arden, it was heartbreaking. This author did such an amazing job at ripping our hearts out and dragging them across the pages of this book. It just felt so raw. And there was such a clear character arc for Penny through that plot point that even though it was a hard read, I felt it was a really important read. It's a reality for a lot of people. And so that's the magic of books. We get to walk in someone else's shoes. We get to feel their pain and it makes us more understanding and more empathetic humans. And that's why fiction is so important. It has the power to make us feel intensely. And sometimes it's easier to learn a lesson when you learn it through someone else's experiences instead of someone just coming and telling you, you should be more understanding or more compassionate or whatever it is. Definitely. Yeah, I feel it was very, very unsettling, this relationship between Lottie and Penny. 
you know, I just kept on the whole way. I was like, oh, please see your daughter. Please see that she needs you. She was so alone. And even although Tate was wanting to be there for her, like they couldn't admit their feelings. And she was just, just this really kind of like person that wasn't dealing with her own pain. So again, I think that because she was detached from herself, that was why I felt detached from Penny. But never throughout the whole course of the story did I ever feel like I didn't want her to find that joy and, you know, find you know something for herself but the, the relationship with her mother was it was just devastating to read um, and it just kind of left you with that kind of horrible feeling in your stomach where you know you just think I felt so lucky that I don't have that relationship with my own mother you know and I was I, I felt really really sorry for her and actually when you get to the point in the story where you learn how Lottie and Anna become friends and how um, Lottie had saved Anna from a uh, you know, potential sexual assault, and that was how they became friends, and how she gave herself so willingly for a friend. But yet, she, after everything her daughter's been through, because she's also lost her dad. It's not just her that's lost her husband. She was, she wasn't being there for her daughter. And I was just like, if you can do something like that for your friend, why can't you do the same thing for your daughter? So, in some ways, when I found out that, I felt like I liked her even less at that point. So it, there was a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions in this book. It's not a book I could read quickly because I had to keep on stopping and process what I was feeling myself, you know. But that's a complete credit to Sharp because there's not many people like you've said, Jess, as well, you know, you, you, to actually evoke such feeling when you're reading a book is a true talent. So whilst it's not the kind of book that you could read in one sitting, I think it's a book that you need to take your time with because of all these fractured relationships. Yeah, I really felt for Penny as well. And I think she was completely justified kind of in how she reacted. And she she was just a kid, like she was still a, a teenager. And for her to have to go through all that, she'd already lost one parent. And actually, no, she, she really lost two parents because after the death, her mum was different and so distant from her. And I just, my heart broke for Penny through all of this, but it made me wonder what her mum was like before. And I kind of wish we could have seen that. Like, was she always a little bit distant? And then her dad just filled that emotional role for Penny? Or did that completely change? Was she a really loving and present mother? And then that completely changed after the accident? I would have kind of liked to have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I also felt, I felt like that as well. I mean, we did, and, and like what Shelley said, we do learn how she was when she was a lot younger, but we don't really learn anything about what she was like as a mother before the accident. Um, and I think if there had been even just a few moments of, of what she was like I feel like maybe that would have had a little bit more of a warmth to her and really wanted her to turn it around for her rather than just for Penny I mean obviously we do see that softer side to her she's giving part of her liver to Tate's mum but yeah like Penny's reaction was totally justified she was not not happy she just wasn't happy about that not for the fact that she didn't want Tate's mum to survive but the fact that she would will willingly just put herself out there for her friend but not for her daughter who was going through so much so yeah I I feel like it was totally justified but I also really just felt like it was such an important part of the story and the way the plot developed because of that and like, as we got closer to the end and seeing that change in her mum really really helped me to just have feelings for her mum again and just think maybe we're starting to see what maybe she would have been like you know she finally agreed to let her go to counselling um and 
she realised with that painting moment, which was such a huge part of the ending, that actually Penny, what, how Penny is feeling has has been the most important thing that she should have been paying attention to, more so than her, her own grief. And that sounds horrible because we all can grieve in different ways, but she wasn't there for Penny at all. And I, and I think she realised that towards the end and... So there was a part of me that was just like happy and like just grateful that had happened and that I began I began to start liking her mum. But for the majority of the book, I was just like, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, she is she is not a good person. And yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard to read her character. Um, and and I think yeah, as a, as a mother. Uh, who and uh, who would do anything for her children and I just couldn't bear that someone could treat a child like that and it was really really it was a hard read yeah. because of this we have discovered that six times and I'm shortening it down Shelley like you know I'm just calling it six times now so I quite actually I quite like that that I can do that with a title actually it's quite fun um yeah it's not just a romance novel there's themes of grief mental health illness at that moment when her father died like when her dad died and like I mentioned just now when Penny found her mum's painting was so heartbreaking but because this book is advertised it's put out there as a romance novel but it has these such hard-hitting powerful storylines I've just I'd love to know how like what you feel about having this in such a book do you feel it, it worked do you feel like there should have been maybe some warning or something on there like how do you feel about having such hard-hitting storylines in in a romance novel I suppose well I feel I definitely think that it's necessary to have these books out there in the world I've recently connected with two authors uh, Amber Smith and Kathleen Glasgow and they're both authors who write about very difficult subject matter and actually they're very successful authors but trying to find somebody to publish their work was very difficult because a lot of the publishers were saying that their book is not appropriate for young people to be reading However, young people are going through these situations. This is something that's happening to people in their lives. And it's something that's so important that kids today are actually able to read books that they can relate to and that can actually help them through difficult times in their lives. And I honestly think it's amazing that a book can do that for a kid. So these books are exactly the kind of books that need to be out there in the world. And I think that, yeah, it's not just a romance story. It explores all these difficult subjects. And I think that somebody reading that who's gone through a similar situation would feel less alone. And I, for me, I think that's so important to have that. I, I really loved, I loved, and I was devastated by the chapter where you actually find out how um, Penny's dad died um, and how Tate was there for her in that moment. Like I was actually really crying at that chapter. It was so well written, like so raw and so real. And you just really, really felt everything that they were both feeling in that moment. And, you know, the the same with the painting, another different emotion. It's just so, that's what I'm saying about this book. It's it's one that will stay with you after you've read it, but it's not one you can read quickly because there's just so much to process throughout. And, yeah, so I I am all for books like this, 100%. They need more of them in the world. And it's difficult, though, to categorise where it should fall in a bookshop because mm-hmm. it does read at times as typical YA, I would say. But I, I don't know, it's it's difficult because of the, the subject matter. It's also not really romance. It's more drama, I would say. Again, it's like one of those books that's covering a lot of different genres. So it's not exactly 
easy to place. Um, but when I've seen it, it's been sitting alongside, you know, all the other YA books. So, yeah, but there are yeah, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, but yeah. an important book to be out there. Yeah, I mean, clearly I liked that it was more than just a romance. Like, that was going to appeal to me. But, oh, that the part where her dad dies was just one of the saddest things that I have ever read. It's the helplessness from both of them. I mean, don't forget, he sacrificed his life to save her, but he didn't know for sure that by doing that, she would survive. He didn't see her being lifted to safety. He had no guarantee, and he still made that decision because he knew that it gave her the best chance. But to die like that and not know if your child is going to be okay is just horrifying. And for Penny, the pain of watching your parent make that decision and watching them die and the guilt that she must have carried after it. There was one line that just broke me when I read this, and... So this chapter is obviously from Tate's point of view and this is when she hears that Penny and her dad are missing and she's trying to reassure herself that they're okay. So it reads, she'll be fine. Even if she had to bail, she's a strong swimmer and she had to have a vest. George wouldn't let anything happen to her. The first thing is true. The second thing, I don't know for sure. And the third, I think I'm just lying to myself because some things are beyond even the best of men. And that line just crushed me because as parents, we would do anything to save our children. But sometimes our anything and our everything isn't enough. I just thought it was so it was such a mature thought for Tate to have. And it it really made me pause. Like I had to stop reading and just like yeah. kind of like what you said, Shelley, just let all of that sink in. And it was really hard to hold it together. Like it, it's so the emotion yeah. is so beautifully written in this book. Yeah. But that, for me, that was my, weirdly, that was my favorite chapter. But it's a chapter that, as you said, will just stick with me for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, I'm the same. It was my favorite chapter, but so hard to read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like, I feel like I'm genuinely not the most visual person, but I just feel like I have the image of us just sitting there on the, on the bank there with her hands how they are, yeah. not knowing what's happened to her dad, like not knowing where he's gone, but knowing that he's died. Uh, and I just feel like I'll have that image, like got like a silhouette in my head of the back of her facing outwards and then like Tate coming to coming to her like rescue, so to speak. And I just feel like I'll have that ingrained in my head for a very long time. It was it was so powerful and so well written and I totally agree I think like these books really do need to be out there and I think what the struggle is is getting like the balance of having enough light moments in these books so for people that are experiencing these things they know or they have hope that their things can get better and there are ways to turn things around um, and that life won't always be as hard as what is what it is at the moment for them or what it has been so I think it's finding the balance and I and I feel like this book did that definitely and I think she, I think Tess wrote that really well uh, there was some really dark really hard-hitting parts of this book but there was also some really wonderfully written light-hearted moments that gave you hope and I think that's what I can take away with this book and what I hope to take away from books that do have very serious storylines in it that there is hope uh, for people out there that maybe are experiencing this and I love that. So with hope in mind and we're, and we're getting to the one time that we did I want to talk about the kiss that finally happened when you know I could just I was just like oh thank 
thankfully it's here yes and I was just like it, it didn't disappoint I, I was not disappointed when they kissed um I loved the descriptions of it I felt the way Tess wrote that like, the tugging of the gene loops to bring them closer it was definitely something that just made my heart race a bit and I was just so happy and just really excited to see what was about to happen just like the moments of Tate's hand on Penny's jaw touching a spot that she didn't even know existed it was just I thought was really incredible and really just made you really feel for both of them and can and be able to picture this happening at the moment and I felt like the kiss it was extremely satisfying at the end and I think it tied up the story with everything else that happened with her mum and getting everything back on track I feel like that was just like the icing on the cake or the cherry on the top of the icing on the cake so how did you both feel about the ending as a whole with the kiss with the reconciliation with uh, with her mum and also Tate's mum being okay and coming out of hospital mm. there was so there was so much to tie up the ending and I'm just going to end with the ho- I, I felt it was hopeful um but yeah mm. your your thoughts I would love to hear I was satisfied with the end I really was and I felt like I could to, to use a YA cliche, I felt like I could release a breath I didn't know I'd been holding <laughs> in almost every YA book somewhere. But um, yeah. there was that feeling of just relief where you didn't realize that you were so tense. And it's like suddenly everything relaxed and you're like, oh, they're going to be okay. And those girls had been through so much pain and trauma and grief and stress. And finally, finally, it felt like things were looking up for them and their relief and their hope like I felt that physically come off the page like it felt like almost like a physical reaction for me as well as I was reading it yeah I think that like you said you know with this book one of the things I loved about this book is how it did have some well needed light-hearted hearted moments in it and you know you, you obviously know that the kiss is coming so I was waiting for the, everything to be tied up with the big red bow at the end and the hopeful ending which it was and it's, it's lovely to know that there. There is that love on the horizon where I can anything could happen, but they've finally done what they've needed to do this entire time, and uh, they've ripped the bandaid off and they're letting themselves have that bit of joy that they both so seriously deserve. So I, I love that, but I loved how just kind of leading up to that. And I don't know if you guys remember this bit, but I just wanted to point out before we finished. I love the group chat that they had with Marion just when they came out of the hospital and they were talking about the lemon cake. Like, that just made me so happy. Like, that was the happiest part from obviously the end. But up until that point, I was like, oh, this is so needed at this moment. And I just was beaming because I was like, I just love this chat. And I love the relationship and the way that Marion was this, like, secret person on the outside that was kind of keeping everybody together you know I wish there was more of her in it I think I'd spoke Jeff and I spoke about mm, and she was just she was so needed in that family but she didn't have enough airtime mm. you know we'd have really loved to have seen more of her um, and I loved that uh, that time I loved you know the text messages between Remy and Megan as well again light-hearted really really needed it's one of those things that when you're writing a book like this you have to have those moments where you're keeping your audience, you know, a little bit upbeat as well as through the drama of it all. But yeah, the ending was so well needed and it was great to see how the characters were actually having a development towards the end and changing. And, you know, their character art was getting that chance to to change and become, you know, more what the reader wants them to be. But yet you're still left, you know, maybe not knowing exactly how it's all going to pan out, but you're left with that hopeful hopeful ending of 
what could be. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I'd like go. Just hope that I'm picturing that they're still together and they're they're living their living their mm. best life as everybody says and I could just imagine that happening now but yeah it's it's been so great to chat to you both about this book because I, I like I said earlier I love I love Tess Sharp I love her writing um yeah. and I love that we all actually felt quite similar views on a lot of this yeah which is, yeah, yeah it's been really different to a lot of our other books that we've we've had on the podcast so it's been a really interesting chat I've absolutely loved it so our next choice so we're talking about February now and it's going to be picked by Shelley is there anything that you can tease us with about February's choice well, I've literally only decided in the second what it is that I'm going to be choosing. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that I had to well, do we have no idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I have made the decision. Like, it's been, a bit, oh, my goodness, I've got, like, quite a few things on my uh, TBR. And I was like, well, which one will it be? I'll, I'll make that decision later. But I've definitely decided uh, what it's going to be. So let's just say it's got a bit of horror but it's got a bit of comedy and with an unusual twist. Ooh. Um, that's all I'm going to say at the moment. Uh, it's got it's definitely a multi genre, which I, I definitely always am in for. So that's all I'm going to say about that just now. Oh well, I'm I'm even more intrigued and excited now for next month. <laughs> um, I love chatting with you girls. So yes, even more excited to talk about this book that I've, I, I have no idea what it is. Um, so, <laughs> so listeners, remember to keep an eye out on our social media for our book announcements so you can read along with us. And do let us know what you think about the podcast because we love hearing your feedback. Tell us about your favourite characters and what you loved about the books. Did you agree with us? Or do you think we've got it completely wrong? Just let us know. This has been YA Book Jam with Arden Jones. Shirley Mack. And JL Blakely. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YA underscore bookjam. And if you enjoy this podcast, rate, review and subscribe where you listen. To watch Arden interview authors and illustrators, check out Kidlit Live on YouTube and follow on Instagram at Kidlit Live. You can also follow Arden on Twitter and Instagram at Arden Eliza Jones. You can also follow Shelley on Instagram at Shelley Mac Books for her author cues and A's. And you can follow Jess at JL Bleakley on Twitter and at j.l.bleakley on Instagram. Bye. See you next month. <laughs> See you next month.